Reverend Harry Bridge. And I'm Dr. Scott Mitchell, and this is the Dharma Realm Podcast. And we're coming to you from the Kodo of the Jodo Shinshu Center in Berkeley, California. This is the Dharma Ram Podcast for January 18th, 2013, and today we're talking about teachers, authority, and community. So uh, last time Harry cut me off <laughs> and told me I shouldn't uh, ask questions and just trust in Amida. <laughs> the jerk. Um, <laughs> but it, uh, seriously, though, um, I, I, the, the, the place we had gotten to in our last episode was this question of um, you know, uh, the, the process of, 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 of uh, Buddhism changing over time is in large part a process of interpretation with different people trying to figure out how to make the teachings applicable in, in, in their particular times and places. And one of the questions that I think comes up for me is how we determine whether or not somebody's interpretation of the Buddhist tradition is, uh, gosh, I don't want to say right, <laughs> but there's... Valid? V- valid, maybe, would be a good word, or... Um, you know, how do we trust whether or not somebody knows what they're talking about? Really, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it kind of comes down to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and Harry thinks we should just trust in Amida. I just said that because <laughs> we ran out of time last time. Yeah, yeah. I was talking too much. <laughs> this happens sometimes. <laughs> um, but I think you know, I think that uh, there's there's uh, there's the recurring theme in uh, the way Buddhism is expressed um, in the modern world, and particularly in the United States of. You know, a lot of people are very interested in figuring out what the Buddha actually said. Um, and, you know, there, to me, there's a question of how much we can, how much we can know about what the Buddha actually said. Um, and I think we just need to recognize that there's a certain process of interpretation, you know, how the, when we determine, you know, this particular part of the teaching is, is somehow more authentic than this other particular part of the teachings or, or whatever. And, and whatever your... Um, Strategy for figuring that out, I think, is mm-hmm. fine. But I think we should just be honest about that. The fact that that's what we're doing is we're interpreting and making mm-hmm. decisions, and you know, so on. Um, and and some of this came up for me because uh, you had said last time about um, anybody can read the collective works of Shinran and uh, you know base their interpretation of the traditions on Shinran's writing. But to me, I, I kind of want to defend the idea of education, maybe. <laughs> you know, to me, I want to defend the idea that, um, you know, just merely reading the Kyoko Shinsho might not be enough, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, the, nearly the entire Pali canon, for example, is, uh, has been translated into English and posted on the, line, on, on the web for free. Um, I don't know if just reading that in isolation without a community, without other people talking to you, without some sort of... Not necessarily a structured graduate education, even though if you wanted a graduate education, I know a really good school. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, some, some, yeah, I think you need something besides just reading a book in order to come to, I don't know, I, I want to I defend more than just reading, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, learning, well, yeah, learning just from books, uh, I think, would be questionable even within the Buddhist tradition, um, because even within the Buddhist tradition, there's um, ideas of different levels of truth, 
mm. right? And that, you know, that the, the huge, the canon of uh, what the Buddha taught, uh, he taught a lot of different stuff. Even if we just look at the Pali canon, he said different things to different people, answering you different know each questions. person according to their need. Uh, and um, certainly in China, um, with it, what, Banjo, um, Banjao, Panjao, I forget the pronunciation because I'm getting confused with the Banjo Samadhi, Banjo Samadhi <laughs> Sutra. But um, this idea of classifying the teachings, right, right, right. right in these Certain different phases, the, right, yeah, yeah. The, the first turning of the wheel, the second turning of the wheel. Uh, and so, and even in Shinran, uh, texts that have explicit meaning, texts that have implicit meaning. Uh, and so, on the surface, if you read it, you're like, okay, that's what it says, right, right, right there right. in the words. And Shinran, I think, would say, well... There's a deeper meaning. Yes, there's a deeper meaning, and that you can't just right. look at the surface words. We right. have to understand it from the point of view of the primal vowel, yeah. for example. And even without that, to me, it seems like most... Uh, you know, every text in, in the tradition was written in a particular context. And, you know, if you just grab one particular sutta or sutra and say, okay, I've read this thing without knowing it within its larger context, I think you're missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then let alone, you know, actual practice, <laughs> um, you know, the actual practice of Buddhism. Um, and then uh, the third component to me is always community and, mm-hmm. and how practice and thought fit in with a community. I mean, you know, I think there's a reason why we're supposed to take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Mm-hmm. You know, all three of those things are important. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah, I'm kicking myself because there's a great section in Kyogyo Shinsho by Shinran where he quotes Nagarjuna, mm-hmm. um, and he quotes the thing of the, it's like a finger pointing at the moon. Don't trust. Don't don't look to the words. Look to the meaning. Yeah, right. And there's four of those, um, and it's uh, quoted um, from uh, a work attributed to Nagarjuna, and so Shinran recognizes. Uh, for example, this this level of interpretation that's necessary, that just a level of words aren't everything, um, and and that's where teachers come in. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's in a sense a very Asian kind of mode of lineage and um, receiving instruction from a teacher. You don't go off and read the book by yourself. The teacher is like reciting it and commenting on it at the same time, <laughs> yeah. and you're always learning from a teacher. Right. Well, and you know, and I think to, to, to continue with this theme of interpretation or, or, or rethinking the tradition. Um, I have two competing ideas in my head. There's tension in my head. Um, between, on the one hand, you said this, this, this Asian idea of receiving teachings from a, uh, from a teacher. We can rethink that, I think, in a more contemporary context um, in terms of dialogue, right? I mean, <laughs> I think that we can enter into a relationship with a teacher and have a, a, an exchange of ideas and, and assume that, you know, that this person has done a particular amount of practice or training or, or whatever, and I have something that I want to get from them, but not necessarily see it as a strict hierarchy or, you know, reimagine it in some way. I'm not quite sure what that would look like. But then the other competing idea in my head, of course, is the, the perennial question of how do you know? Mm-hmm. How do you know that this person that you want to work with or learn from is someone to be trusted? How do you know that they know what they're talking about? And I think that's a issue in the tradition uh, but especially now it seems like um, it comes up again and again and I think for a lot of people uh, in the West quote unquote you know interested in Buddhism and how do I yeah, yeah that's a, yeah. It's a important question yeah and you know uh, last time too we were talking about the institution and I said that you know you are, have been certified in some way by the mm-hmm. BCA as a minister and so mm-hmm. I you know from one point of view, that's why we have institutions, so that, you know, it's like, oh, okay, Harry has been 
certified. You know, he's a minister. That means something. You right. know, that, seems... that has some implicit meaning to it. And so mm-hmm. then that makes you somewhat more trustworthy than, you know, some right. random guy even on the street. But who knows? But, <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. I was but thinking the knows? same thing. Like, yeah. that's what a good thing about temples is that you can look at it and be like, okay, it's been here for a while. You know, it's, it's, there's, there seems to be, I can trust these people. Mm-hmm. But don't take that too far, people, yeah. because yeah, yeah. obviously we see right before us um, the institution can actually um, institutionalize right. uh, abuse, yeah. right, and, or hide it, right? Like that, that, um, Is the institution trustworthy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't want to bring up anything specific. <laughs> it just makes me sad. And it's not only... Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. only... It's not religion. Buddhism. It's not religion. And it's not only religion, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but so, so that's one place, though. I think if you find someone, if you see abuse or people being hurt, right, re- repeatedly, mm-hmm. <laughs> then run, yeah. <laughs> turn and run. Yeah, you know, um, I, th- I think that Buddhism, in no way, as a teacher, ever um, legitimized uh, or legitimated in abuse. Or in um, taking advantage or hurting people, tricking people. Um, that I would say absolutely that um, if, you, if you find that happening, then I don't care where they got certified, I don't care yeah. where they um, claim to be having this authority from, you can turn around and leave. Um, and maybe you should call the police if it's, you know, if it's at a, at a certain level. Um, I don't think it ever legitimizes um, any kind of um, taking advantage of people. No blind um, allegiance. Yeah. Hey. It's I mean, tricky. some Buddhist traditions have that built in, though. Yeah. Right? And the guru, and that you have unquestioning um, faith in your guru. Uh, and so I think that there's another place where you just have to be on the guard against abuse and um, yeah. having, having yeah. that happen. Yeah. yeah. It's tricky. Now, one thing I like is the idea of the dojo that we talked about last time, and um, that uh, a model for Shin life and practice where you get together with other practicers other people, and talk. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one level of that is just talking about everyday stuff and nothing to do with religion. We do that all the time. <laughs> but <laughs> a, a, a deeper level where we're actually talking about life in the context of a spiritual, you know, shin kind of life. And one idea that you brought up is that of the Kalyana Mitra, um, Zen Jishiki, or Zen Chishiki in Japanese, but basically just good friend. Mm-hmm. That's all it is, right? And this idea of the good friend. And I think often the good the Zenjishki in the tradition is the minister. But I, I would think one way we could maybe innovate is to recognize that uh, a Zenjishki could be anybody. Yeah. Right? And that uh, maybe that dojo can be a gathering of Kalyanamitras, a gathering of Dharma friends. Uh, and that that might be another alternate model to the top-down hierarchical kind of thing, and more of recognition that, again, we're we're ondobo ondogyo, these fellow travelers, uh, and that that's a place where we can learn and uh, test our ideas, mm-hmm. and ask questions and test our understanding. You know, this is what I think it is, and other people say, well, you know, I heard this sensei once say, you, should, you know. That actually, our our member at our temple, anyway, speaking on a BCA level. Um, our members know a lot, actually, even if they say they don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. They've been yeah, listening yeah. to Dharma talks for a long time, and they've met different teachers. A lot of them um, are the Dharma school. Yeah, and, you know, uh, and some of them have read a lot. Uh, and so I think that uh, that kind of dojo discussion kind of model is really, really good. Uh, and this idea of Dharma friends, maybe, uh, is a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. 
Yeah. yeah well, yeah. and I, I also just think the idea of community is a really important part of the tradition and not to be overlooked. Um, you know, being part of a community means that you get support. Mm-hmm. You know, the other people there can help you, and, and you, I think that guards against some of the, not, it's not a guarantee against um, over-abuses of power or whatnot, but, you know, it certainly guards against that because then there's other people who can be watching out for the unsavoriness, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I also I also recognize, and this question comes up a lot for our listeners who are not anywhere near a full-fledged Buddhist community, let alone a Shin community, um, there's always that concern of, well, what do we do if we're at a distance from uh, other Buddhists? How do we create community as a solo practitioner, that kind of thing? And uh, maybe this is another topic to be revisited in a future episode. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, in, in short, I just think that there's there's the idea of a dojo that, to me, that I think is really not a, you know, which is sort of a, a great idea, is that it doesn't require a minister. Mm-hmm. And right, that you right, could right. create a community um, you know, completely on a, on a lay basis and, and, and regardless of where you are, which I think would be um, one way to look at that. Mm-hmm. And I've heard actually there are models for that even within BCA temples uh, and that um, there can be meetings uh, at a temple of people with no minister present and that that's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> you know, sometimes even if the minister isn't acting the role of the minister, there's still the feeling that, yeah, but they're the minister. That's who we direct our questions to, mm-hmm. rather than when there's no minister present that people can um, interact more directly yeah. uh, without the authority figure in the room or whatever. Yeah, authority figures, are, you know, ministers are bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, I told you I'm being a contrarian today. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that um, that brought up for me is, uh, I think I mentioned in the last episode, the Wednesday night thing I've been doing. So I've been having a uh, once a month, second Wednesday of the month when we can do it, sometimes third Wednesday, Dharma service and discussion, we call it. So it's still a service, but it's for people who maybe can't come on Sunday or that the Sunday family service doesn't really work for them. So it's mainly adult people. Um, we do sutra chanting, three treasures, a uh, little bit of meditation, and then discussion. Uh, well, I talk. I'm, I'm ready to talk for the whole hour, hour and a half or whatever. Um, <laughs> But I'm hoping it'll turn into discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the beginning, we thought, should we have refreshments? And my feeling, and I think it was kind of echoed by others, was let's not have that. Let's not do the refreshment thing, because sometimes people come for the refreshments. <laughs> um, you know, it just seems like we're trying to do, it's late at night. It'll be, it's like nine o'clock by the time we finish. Uh, so let's, let's try it without that. And we did it like that for like a year, year and a half. And then... Uh, one person came in from outside of the temple, and you know we talked for a while, a few times, and he said, you know, I used to go to these Dharma gatherings in L.A., and my favorite part was hanging out with people in the parking lot afterwards, like, you know, drinking coffee or whatever. It wasn't at a temple. They'd always have to rent a place. Mm-hmm. But the, his favorite part was just hanging out with the people. And I realized, whoa, yeah, you're right. I think we need refreshments at our thing. <laughs> so we've been having refreshments now. I've cut down on the amount of time I talk, try to keep it within like half hour, 45 minutes, uh, and then go down to the social hall and just sit around mm-hmm. for like 15, 20 minutes uh, and totally change the dynamic, really. <laughs> like it just, it got so much more exciting because you felt like people weren't able to connect the way it was before and that that gave them a chance to connect as people. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not talking about deep philosophical concepts or doctrine or whatever, uh, but sometimes, you know, they do. We, we talk or they talk to other people and, you know, it's, it's free-for-all, basically. But 
that community level that you could feel like, boom, whoa, now we have community. Yeah. Before it was individuals coming to something. Now it's like, whoa, now it's almost like a second sangha is a term <laughs> I've been kind of using. Uh, and I think before I was hesitant to have that happen. I was worried because you hear sometimes, you know, a BCA temple will have meditation mm-hmm. and um, those people don't go to the other service. Yeah. Right. But I finally realized, so what? Good. <laughs> we'll have second song. We'll have this other group. And maybe there will be interaction, maybe not. Um, but not to worry about that and, and just to have, you know, this group and let it kind of grow its own identity mm-hmm. uh, and then figure out, well, what else can we do for this, these people? You know, what is the life of a BCA temple? That's a question I've always kind of had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Is it just Sunday? Is it just Sunday and bazaar? Yeah. You know, um, is there, are there other activities that the temple can have that are still Buddhist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, in alternative to the traditional kind. Yeah, and it seems like you got to have a diversity of things to do anyway. I mean, you know, the, the temple shouldn't just be one thing. Yeah. It shouldn't be one thing you do on one day a week. Right. And, you know, I mean, your role as a minister is, is diverse enough as it is. I mean, you don't just do the, the, the Dharma talk. You also do memorial services or funerals or right. weddings right. or whatever. You know, your, your role is as diverse as life. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the deep philosophical conversations are important to have. But, you know, sometimes you just want to have some coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, why make those distinctions in our minds between this is the Buddhist activity, this is the non-Buddhist, this is one community, this is another community. Like, the whole thing. Right. The right. whole right. thing right. together. Right. Darn it. But the way our temples are set up, it seems like, is the the um, opportunities to come to temple and do yeah, something are yeah, limited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and you know, people are busy. Sure. The, most of the people are still working. Um, you know, we got retired people, and we have we have our like senior group, and there are some some other things. But it seems like there's room for more. There's room for growth in that area, and, and coming up with. Um, other activities but the, the flip side is you're already so busy and then you <laughs> well, know this is why we need more people to be involved yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. the community and leadership yeah. roles and you know again if you if you are interested in this i have a really good school you could come to <laughs> nbca also has the minister's assistance program and cbe and, and, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know there's another uh interesting aspect of community of kind of like buddhist community because um what I was just talking about is this community within my temple. Um, but then also, here in the Bay Area, certainly in the United States, we can probably find every kind of Buddhism represented. Right? And uh, the interaction of those of different Buddhists, I mean, and this kind of relates to the authority question too. How do I, who, who has the authority to say this is Buddhism, right? And that traditionally, there have been multiple Buddhisms Right? And diver- Buddhism is a very diverse tradition. I mean, I think most religions are, right? But, but certainly Buddhism has built into it uh, diversity, diversity of understandings, diversity of interpretations, diversity of institutions, right? And that that isn't uh, a bad thing, right? And so uh, this kind, maybe this kind could be kind of a meta-Buddhist community, right? And I don't think it'll work on a, on a, on a we don't have to think on that global scale. It, it works better, I think, to think of it on a much more local scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, of being uh, able to interact with Buddhists of other persuasions, right? <laughs> so as a as a Jodo Shinshu Buddhist, to be able to um, talk to uh, Soto Zen Buddhist or um, Tibetan whatever Buddhist, right? Like um, that all or Theravada, right? That um, the ability to how how are we going to interact? How what kind of community can we have? Um, will it does it have to be contentious? 
Yeah. Does it have to be um, negative or, or one-upsmanship or, you know, some, I've, that's been my experience. That was my experience a lot more when I was like at Institute of Buddhist Studies um, was I never really uh, was comfortable around Buddhists of other schools or um, other traditions. Um, it's only in the past few, what, five years or so that I've begun to meet Buddhists who are not Jodo Shinshu but that I feel really comfortable with uh, and really able to... Uh, be open with and you know still feel like I can be Jodo Shinshu and I'm not being judged um, mm-hmm. and that I'm not um, unknowingly being judgmental against someone else I mean that happens sometimes I think mm-hmm. you know where we just kind of unconsciously um, talk about our own tradition as if it's the only one yeah right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I know what you mean yeah and I'm encountering it more and more um, one idea we have is to have a, a college service here uh, a service at here at the um Jodo Shinshu Center in Berkeley for college students. Um, and it's a really exciting idea in one sense, because, you know, it seems like we yeah. should have been doing it for years before now. <laughs> um, but it's kind of frightening on the other side, because I am a Jodo Shinshu Buddhist. Mm-hmm. I can't be Buddhist everyman, you know, or, or every Buddhist <laughs> man or whatever. You know, I can't represent all traditions. And, you know, I don't think I have to feel badly about that. Um, but it's it, that part... It bothers me isn't the right word. It scares me a little bit, you know, it, that um, I can't perform the rituals of other traditions. I mean, they're probably not looking for ritual, yeah. but, um, you know, that uh, could that be a, a problem um, in this group, you know, because I think we, if we had it and it's just open to the public for, you know, college-age people, you get a bunch of different, they're not all going to be, obviously they're not all going to be Jodo Shinshu. Mm-hmm. Um, there are probably going to be many of, of um, various traditions. Um, and so, I don't know, it's exciting. Yeah, it's it's yeah. exciting because it's outside of my comfort zone. Which is all the more reason to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I'll learn a lot from it, but if I sit and think about it, I get nervous. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I have, opening it up to those kinds of conversations, I think, is important because it, it can only, I think, enrich yeah. our understandings of our own tradition as well as our understandings of other traditions. Um, I, it's, I think it can only be a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And if people are expecting things that we can't offer then that's fine mm-hmm. you know we can't offer that yeah. <laughs> but you know i mean we can also just create a space and this is this is my thing always is just you know we gotta just create a space and let things happen mm-hmm. you know create open the doors and have people come in and and whatever will grow will grow and if it takes root and and and, and i'm going to push this metaphor if it takes root and flowers um great if not then um you know at least we tried yeah 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 and learn and right. do something, try something different later. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I hope that. Um, and you know, the, the the really interesting thing is, um, what are college age kids concerned about? Right? That's a good question because you and I have recently gotten old, and so we <laughs> don't have. Official. We have no idea what the kids these days are interested in. So <laughs> I can't wait to find out. Yeah. <laughs> really interesting. It's just like. It could be totally off the wall. Yeah. You know, they might only have two-minute attention spans. <laughs> I only have a two-minute attention span. <laughs> Are they millennials yet? Or mill- millennials aren't in college yet, huh? I think they are. No, no, millennial would be, like, born after 2000. Uh, well. Right? So, so they'd have to be, like, a Sheldon if they're in the college <laughs> thing and they can't come. No, just I think, I think we've officially gone off the rails in this episode. <laughs> But yeah, 10 years down the line, 
um, I think things will be completely different. I think things are already different, and we just yeah, don't know it because you know, know it. like I said, you, you and I are getting old, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Dharmarel needs needs some help from the kids. <laughs> but it's interesting. I mean that. That's really interesting because actually it touches on um, what we talked about last time of was what Shinran was talking about bounded by his time? Was it kind of stuck in his time or was he talking about universal issues? Mm -hmm. So that would be a really interesting thing too. And I would hope that um, if we did, when we do, when we do this college service, um, I, I would, I'm planning on it having a discussion aspect and that we sit in a circle and, um, People are able to, to, you know, talk, right? And that, you know, what, yeah, what are the issues that come up for them? Um, what are um, their concerns? And are they going to be like radically different? Like, oh my God, I never would have thought of that. <laughs> or is it more like, oh yeah, this is Universal what I remember going, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, hmm. So it's a, it's a very interesting experiment. Um, we'll keep you posted. Mm-hmm.